Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How great is our God?
today, we're going to go to the book of Esther, chapter 3. And during the week, a very significant event took place on Tuesday. How many know what I'm talking about? The Prime Minister of Israel met with the United States Congress and made a speech. That was Tuesday. And it happened to fall on the eve of a very important Jewish holiday that's called Purim. And we're going to look at that today. And I want us to see that there is a relevance spiritually to what is going on in our world with what the Bible tells us will happen in the last days. There is a relevance. Uh, and we need to do well to look at these issues through the Scripture, the lens of Scripture, so that we can get an idea and an understanding of what God's plan is for this world and this generation in particular. Can I get a witness? God has a plan for us. We need to understand and discern the times that we're living in. I find it amazing that during this time, prophetically, and in Sunday school we watched the video and heard these men of God talking about things that are happening in the world, and they're moving at a breakneck pace. There's no question. I thank God men today, you know, I've been speaking for almost a decade, seven or eight years now on the feast days and their importance. Now we're seeing it come to the forefront, amen, and people are beginning to understand that these Jewish feasts have an important impact on the nations of the world in the present time that we live. They're beginning to understand. And, and this kind of, to Gentiles, unknown holiday, Purim. How many, uh, don't want to say, just, just, just kind of acknowledge, or, or how many really know what Purim is? You see? Uh, what I'm saying is, kind of prove my point. I've spoken of it before. <laughs> but understand, to teach, you have to go over and over repetitively before people begin, it begins to sink in. And... Uh, Purim is a holiday where the Jews were saved from destruction, from annihilation, from a holocaust that was decreed upon them. The Jews were delivered from that. And what was the prime minister of the nation, the modern regathered nation of Israel, the nation that in 1948 signified the fact that the world had moved into the time of the end, what was the purpose of him coming here addressing the most powerful nation on earth, but he was saying, we need your help. Do not let our enemies get a nuclear bomb because they're bent on destroying and annihilating us. The very same story we have here in the book of Esther is playing out on the world scene today. You've heard the occult symbol, the Ouroboros, where the the serpent goes in a circle and swallows its own tail. You know, you've read in the Scripture where Solomon says what once was will once again be. We look at history and history just continues to go in a circular fashion. It repeats itself. We'll see uh, in time the spirit of Antichrist moving against the Jewish people, against God's people back in this day during the captivity of Israel. We'll see as we look at this message and next week as well. I'll throw that in. That the enemy has designs 
for you as well. And the principles that apply here in the book of Esther to the Jewish people apply to you and I, the church, today. Today. You know, Esther is one of the five books that is read in association with the Jewish festival of Purim. It tells the story behind the origin and observation of this festival. And between this week and next, we're going to look at that. Lord willing. You know, the setting of the book of Esther is in Shushan or Susa, depending upon the version you have in your Bible. We'll be reading today from the NIV. It's the capital city of the Persian Empire. What is another name today for Persia? Iran. Another name biblically for Persia or Iran is also Elam. Elam. The prophecies of Elam are yet to be fulfilled. And the prophecies uh, indicate that Elam will in the last days destroy the daughter of Babylon with fire. The prime minister of Israel came looking to us for help, assistance against the, a common enemy as he made clear. And yet our Democrats in Congress and our president thumbed their nose at him, disrespected him, would not listen to him, spoke badly of him. And yet he was actually warning us for our own good. And God will use that warning because at some point the enemies of Israel will get that bomb and will try to destroy Israel. But you know what, my friend? Israel will not be destroyed. Amen. Because she has a God that has a purpose. I wish I could say that for the United States of America because we will burn with fire. And you know what? We've been warned. I wonder how many citizens in this country that we live in today realize the significance of what was said during that speech. How many really heard what he spoke to this people? Because if they don't understand, it's a crying shame. It's not like we haven't been forewarned here in this book and God is sending messages here in this world that are speaking louder. You know, we look over at the attacks in Paris just a few weeks ago. The president would not say that it was an Islamic terror attacks. And then he went on and would not say it was against the Jews. Yet specifically, we know that it was. Israel is, again, fulfilling Bible prophecy. The prime minister got and said all Jews need to come home to Israel. Do you know that's prophetic? The final Aliyah, when, when the Jews are no longer welcome in the world, in the nations, among the Goyim, they will go back to Israel. All will live in the land at the time of the end. What will move the Jews out of the United States? The Scripture tells us in the time of the end that an angel flies, cries out, come out of her, my people, that is Israel, and be not a partaker of her sins. For great is the Lord that judges her. Come out of her. Babylon the great has fallen, has fallen. You see, the Babylon is the United States. The daughter of Babylon, mystery Babylon, is the United States. Make no mistake about that, my friend. We are the final, we are the empire that is setting up the kingdom of Antichrist. And it could very well be, I'll say it here on tape, the very president of the United States of America could move from being the king of Babylon to the, the Antichrist of the New World Order. He is throwing this nation under the bus. He is betraying this nation and constitution. 
with something else, another agenda. Somebody said, man, preacher, you're really going, you're wound up today. I'm wound up. I'm wound up. People need to hear this. They need to know. They need to understand. There is biblical precedent for what's going on. What once was will once again be. But I hear, I'm here. There's a message of hope here that as God stepped in and intervened for Israel, and they still exist today, He will do it again. Let's see how we can apply that to us. You know, here a woman named Esther enters the scene as a candidate for queen. The king had put away his his queen because she refused to come out and show herself in her naked body to the people, the friends of this wicked king. She said, I'll not be humiliated. Well, she would abdicate her throne because of that defiance. And the king would go out looking for another. And you know, the circumstances that go on in life, God is in the details. You know, you hear the song, the, 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 that saying, the devil's in the details. I'm telling you, God is controlling all the details. Hallelujah. Of His people's lives. He knew before there was a Haman declaring to destroy the Jews that he would have a Queen Esther who would intervene on his behalf. Oh, hallelujah. And whatever we we know goes on in our tomorrow, God is well ahead of the enemy. Can I get a witness? Esther had a cousin named Mordecai. Mordecai actually was... uh, He overheard a plan to kill the king and he revealed it to Esther and he actually foiled the plot against the king. Mordecai also calls Haman, the king's most important advisor, to be outraged when he refused to bow before Haman and honor him. And when Haman learned that Mordecai was a Jew, he determined, that is this Haman, to take revenge not just on Mordecai, but on all the Jews. Do you know, my friend, in the world we live in today, President Barack Hussein Obama would not shed one tear if the Jews were annihilated in a nuclear holocaust. It wouldn't bother him a bit. Because he has the spirit of Haman. That's exactly what he is. He is a Haman. He is a Hitler. He is an Antichrist. Make no mistake. But God has an Esther. My question to you today is, are you going to be, are you willing to be an Esther in your day and in your time? Before we begin, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank You for this congregation here today. I thank You, Lord, for Your presence that is with us, Lord. Father, we live in extraordinary times like no other generation. And we're seeing things happening in our world that fulfill words that you spoke in advance to us. Lord, you are God and there is no other beside you. You reveal to your people that which is to be. Father, I pray for the anointing of your Spirit to communicate to your people today. Lord, I cannot do that. I am a vessel that is incapable of in and of myself to deliver your word. Father, I ask for your anointing. Humbly, Lord, anoint me to minister to your people today. Teach us, Lord. Help us to understand the principles and precepts in Your Word that You want us to know. And Father, for that we give You praise. In Jesus' name, Amen. We'll look at three things today concerning preparing to face evil. That will be the title of my message. Preparing to face evil. How many of you here are ready today to face evil? 
Are you getting prepared spiritually? Are you mentally ready? Are you ready to make a stand for God? Somebody say amen. Amen. In the day that we live in. Well, there was a time in the history of Israel where their circumstances came to bear upon the nation where a stand had to be made. And we're going to look at that today. In chapter 3 of Esther, beginning in verse 8, the Scripture says this, Then Haman said to the king, that king was named Xerxes, or in the King James it says Ahasuerus, the same man, different uh, language, his name was being used there and translated. Ahasuerus or Xerxes. There is a certain people dispersed and scattered among the peoples in all the provinces of your kingdom whose customs are different from those of the other people and who do not obey the king's laws. It is not in the king's best interest to tolerate them. If it pleases the king, let a decree be issued to destroy them and I will put 10,000 talents of silver into the royal treasury for the men who carry out this business. The king says, keep the money, or in other words, the silver is there for you. And the king is uh, says, do with the people as you please. What did this Persian king do? But similar to Daniel's day when uh, the edict went out for all men, when the sound went out to, to bow down to the fiery furnace, they were to worship Nebuchadnezzar, and then later in Daniel's day, uh, it was said anyone who prays to any god other than the king should be put to death. Daniel opened his window and prayed toward Jerusalem. They took him and threw him in a den of lions. Only for God to deliver him. You remember those stories. We talked about that last summer. Amen? And here again, the king then during Daniel's day was upset that he had put his signet ring on that letter. Uh, you know, the enemy was trying to... Uh, pass a law, so to speak, that the king didn't read. He just signed. And then he realized, I signed it in the law. I can't back out of it. Well, here's a very similar situation. Somebody said, well, that, does that really happen? Well, well, what about what Nancy Pelosi said about Obamacare? We, we, don't, we don't read it. Just pass it and then we'll read it. <laughs> Hello? Hey, what's in that law, Brother Rods? Democide? Come on now. Uh, what's in that law? Euthanasia? What's in that law? Oh, those are words we don't know. Really, we don't use those words in everyday language, do we? Got to look them up in the dictionary to find out what that means. But it don't mean good stuff. It means bad things for you and for me, for the common people. In other words, they're passing laws to destroy people, to kill people that they don't find will tow their line. We don't want to keep these elderly around. It costs too much government money to keep them alive. We'll just give them a vaccine and take care of them. We'll just raise that. we got a president right now, my friend, not even bothering to use Congress or the law, legal branch of government. Congress is the one empowered by the Constitution of the United States to write laws. He doesn't do that. He just goes by executive decree. Friend, we've done just what Rome did Remember, Rome started off with the Senate to make law. And then Caesar began to grab war. And then he just began to become emperor. And he began to declare law by decree. What are we doing here in the United States today? Well, we just let these immigrants come in to our nation. And we'll give them benefits. What happens when three... 
3 million people get benefits that never worked a day in their life in the United States. Where's that money coming from? <coughs> Out of your pocket. Well, they're going to take away what you get that you've earned and give it to them. <coughs> What's that going to do to the economy, which is already... I think we have 8 days left till the budget runs out. How long are we going to sustain this type of nonsense? How long will that keep up? Not very long, will it? It can't. Long enough for the enemy to do what he plans to do. And that's all it's meant to do. As the people in America snooze away, unaware of what's going on. You know, the Israelites during this time had no idea of the edicts being made against them in their courts and in their governments. Laws and papers were going to go out. And we're going out, as we just read this, to destroy all the Jews. To kill them. Hitler came to power 75 years ago and did a similar edict. We'll kill all the Jews. Why, why the Jews? We have a Ayatollah Khomeini in Iran. Spouting off again this week, spouting off last week, spouting off for the last seven years. I'm going to annihilate the Jews. I'm going to wipe them off the map, quote unquote. Why the Jews? Satan hates the Jews. What's behind? Who's behind these edicts? Who was behind this one here in Esther? Satan. Satan hasn't stopped doing his... He can't do anything different. He has to do the same thing over and over. He has no... He's the serpent, the oral voice, swallowing his own tail. I'm going to go after those Jews. Why would he do that in today's world, Pastor Jerry? Well, if he, he figures if I could destroy the Jews, Christ can't return and set up His kingdom. And I win. I'm here to tell you, he's not going to win. He's going to lose. Come on now. But here the people of God were facing here terrible circumstances. Haman laid his trap. While the king was so caught up in sex and pleasure and pomp and circumstance, and that's all he was about, man, I'm the, I'm the, the, I'm the ruler of the realm. I can have and do whatever I please. There were evil forces behind him trying to do away with God's people and to thwart God's plan. That's going on today. Do you know, do we realize what's going on in the halls of government in the United States right now? We need to ban AR-15 ammunition. The stats say there hasn't been a cop killed with an AR-15 bullet in years. Why would we all of a sudden? Well, that's because the people would use AR-15s to defend themselves. It's the most popular weapon in the United States. Did you know that? See, we have little laws and little things going on behind the scenes and people aren't aware of that. A decree was issued. See, as long as it's somebody else, we don't think nothing of it. That's it. Well, them Jews, they deserve what they get. After all, they control all the banks. Well, them Jews deserve what they get. After all, they, they control the media. Well, the Jews deserve what they get because they, they're behind every evil scheme in the world. Really? Well, that's what they get blamed for. Come on. 
If they control the media, they sure do a bad PR job on themselves. Hello. That's it. But see, you've got to demonize someone in order to destroy them. Little Palestinian children are brought up to teach that the Jews are bad. They're evil. We need to kill this. Drop bombs on yourself to kill them. It's a culture of destruction. The Jews are evil. That's what Hitler told the German people. They're, they're the reason we're in this Great Depression. If it wasn't for the Jews, we'd be prosperous. See, people believe a lie. But see, what are they going to do in the United States when they say the Christians are the problem in this country? We need to get rid of the Christians. Who's going to come to your aid or your defense? There'll be nobody left. Come on, man. Say, well, that's not happening. Look around. <laughs> Look around, friend. It's happening left and right and on every hand. People of faith are evil spoken of today. <laughs> Let a decree be issued to destroy them. That was an edict of genocide. Do you know that in a natural setting, in a in just natural understanding, okay, not a, not from a biblical perspective, the only free democratic nation in the Middle East is who? Middle East. Israel. The only place in the Middle East where women can walk the streets just as they are is where? The only place women can vote is the only place women can hold political office is the only place you have any rights is the only place you can go to market that you can express your faith even if it's not Hebrew is and our president will not stand with but he's siding with the Muslim Islamic regime in Iran putting all the resources and American tax dollars into destroying the Jews, coming down on the side of the destruction of Israel. The Prime Minister said very clearly, if they're allowed to get a bomb, they will try to wipe out the Jewish people. I'm here, he said, on behalf of my people Israel. This is for our lives that I'm speaking to you. This man has decreed over and over he will destroy us. Why are you even negotiating with that? We need to stop him from getting a weapon, a bomb. See, he is doing what Esther did in the book of Esther. Going before, she went before the king, the most powerful woman on earth. He's going before the Congress because our, our president won't listen to him. And he's pleading to help us. Help us, will you please? Well, there's only two responses. He will either help them, Congress will step in, act, remove this unlawful president, or we will help to destroy the Jews by aiding and abetting their enemy. And we will bring judgment upon this nation. This may be the most important message you're hearing as an American today in this church right now. Because I'm telling you the truth. What other people are doing in other pulpits, I have no idea. I'm telling you something you need to know and understand. Because our response to this will determine our destiny. And you know, I know the Bible says, and you should know as well, Zechariah chapter 14, that all nations will go against Jerusalem and Israel. 
and God will bring all nations into judgment at the time of the end. So I think I know the outcome. Is it possible that Congress could act, that people in America could rise up and do the right thing? It's possible. But is it probable? We could be seen. We have a tetrad that we're in the midst of. On the 20th will be a total solar eclipse. And then on the feast days, just a few months into the fall, we will see two blood moons. 2016 is the 120th Jubilee. Is God speaking to people? The question really is, no, no, not is God speaking to people. Are we listening to what He's saying? The signs are all around. The, pre, the prime minister of the nation of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu, was speaking on the eve of the holiday period when the Jewish people were delivered from destruction. He was speaking on the very day to our Congress, the very eve of that holiday. Is that a coincidence? I don't think so. Can we put two and two together? I know I can. And I know that as the church we need to. They were facing terrible circumstances in Esther's day. The Jews today are facing terrible circumstances. But I'm here to tell you, the church of Jesus Christ is facing terrible circumstances in the day we live. And these things could, could be stopped if people would rise up and say no. Not on my watch. This is not going to happen. Hitler could have been stopped 75 years ago if only the church wasn't asleep. Six million Jews went to the ovens because of the complacency of God's people. You heard me right. Secondly, we will see that these, these evil schemes are being exposed here in Esther chapter 4, verse 1. We see that what is done in secret will be what? Revealed and shouted on the rooftops. You see, what's going on in our nation today, friends? Our president, we, we, we don't have verification of his birth. We, we do not have any understanding of where he came from and what type of businesses that he was involved in before he became. All that's been hidden. His sexuality, which we understand, I know what it is, has been hidden. A lot of things about this man have been hidden. His communist upbringing and leadings have been kind of pushed aside, covered over. The works and fruit that he exhibits is evil. It's anti-Christ. It's anti-Jew. And yet, at some point, it will be exposed to the American public what is actually truly going on. It will be revealed. And here we see in Esther, the plans of Haman were actually revealed. Amen? And chapter 4, verse 1, it says this, that when Mordecai, Mordecai was the older cousin of Esther. Uh, she evidently didn't have family. Mordecai took her in to raise her. And I encourage you to read the book of Esther this week in your study time. We'll be in it again, Lord willing, next week. But Mordecai learned of all that had been done. He did what? He tore his clothes. He put on sackcloth and ashes. What is that a sign of in the Old Testament? 
Somebody's in mourning. Somebody's in outrage. They're in mourning. They're, they're, they're just completely... They tear their clothes. They put on sackcloth. As a sign that things are desperate. Things are bad. Things are really bad. We need to get a hold of God. We need to get a hold of Him because this is, this is desperate times. Sackcloth and ashes. We should be in sackcloth and ashes today, church. Somebody say amen. We should be mourning over what we see going on in this country. We should be ripping our garments saying, oh, woe is what is happening. This is an evil that is unprecedented in our times. And Mordecai, he responded in that fashion. My God, this is they're going to kill all the Jews. And, and he wasn't silent. We have a silent majority in the church today. Can't hear their voice at all, can we? Thank God for uh, Franklin Graham. My Baptist brother. At least he stand, he'll say what I'm saying. Thank God he's got enough notoriety they at least record it in the newspaper. They hear me, they don't want to hear me. <laughs> but at least he's willing to say it. Come on now. Is this man, is he really a Christian? I don't think he's a Christian. A Christian wouldn't do that. Well, that's thank you, sir. All the other ones, well, I, well he, of course he could be. You know, he says he's a Christian. He got, I showed you the video on the ring. What does that tell you? There is no God but Allah. Come on, man. What Christian would wear that? What Christian would hate the Jewish people? Oh, I guess a lot of the church today does. They've been moving in that that new theology, that replacement theology that's going on in the church, just like Germany in Hitler's day, is anti-Semitic. Do you know a preacher like myself, a dispensationalist, premillennialist, we, we, we're almost extinct. We're almost extinct. That's sad. 30 years ago, we were in the majority. But we don't want to hear about Bible prophecy. We don't want to hear about the rapture. You know they're ridiculing the rapture today in most churches. Ridiculing it. Say there is no rapture. My friend, if there is no blessed hope, then we're miserable indeed. My God says He is not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation. We're here to be light and salt, church. We're ambassadors for Christ. And before the judgment comes, he's going, to, he's going to recall his ambassadors back home to him. You know, before a war breaks out in any nation, they always bring back the ambassadors first. We're not going to be here. We're, this, this time frame is setting up an awful time in history for the Jews. It's called the time of Jacob's trouble. And we're on the cusp of that today. I mean, all over the headlines. And the man, the prime minister, the leader of Israel said, this, this is what they want and have determined to do against us. Why are you allowed? And the President of the United States, the King of Babylon in the White House, is negotiating a deal apart from Congress, apart from the Senate, apart from your knowledge or mine, and he's signing documents on your behalf with a man who is evil, the Ayatollah Khomeini. He has no right to do that, yet he's doing it. And no one is stopping him. You know, it's ironic. Listen to this. Tuesday, he came to speak, Netanyahu. Wednesday, Ayatollah Khomeini was rushed to the hospital, and he's in critical condition right now. 
and no one even knows why. Oh, I know why. Man. You go against God's yeah, Word man. and His people, He'll take you out. So this is for keeps. This is the real deal. This is really happening in the world we're in today. And Mordecai learned. And look what he did. He wailed loudly and bitterly. Does that preach by itself? Come on, man. That'll stand up and walk across this floor right now. Loudly and bitterly because of the edict that had gone against his people and against God. What do we do today in the church? Are we weeping over this nation? Are we loudly decrying the things that are going? Come on now. Are we indifferent and could care less? So self-absorbed into, oh, I got my life to live. And What are you going to do, honey, when it's all ripped away and you have nothing? That's the bitter reality going to come to this nation. God raised up America to stand, I believe, with Israel. Amen. He prospered this nation unlike any other nation. But in one hour, our judgment will come. It'll be gone. It'll be over. I'm still holding out hope deep in my heart that America will act and do what is right. Do I really believe that will happen? I don't. But I'm praying that it will for our generation's sake. I'm praying that we will. But I know the word eventually is going to take place. I guess my attitude would might as well be now. I don't know about you, I'm ready for the kingdom of heaven. You want to live in a in a world that's coming? You want to live in a world where where you're on the run? You want to live in a world where you're labeled the enemy? Where good is evil and evil is good? We have the Blessed Hope Church. Christ is coming for us. What do we need to be doing? We need to be like Mordecai. We need to be wailing, crying out, warning those around us as watchmen, as ambassadors, letting people know it's time. Hey, there's still time to get saved. The day is today. Today is the day of salvation. If you hear His voice, harden not your hearts, but respond. We see here that he was wailing in the city. Loudly in bed. He wanted everyone to know what decree had just been passed. See, a lot of times these decrees, and that's what they are, executive orders, are passed and no one knows anything about it. I wake up one morning, and, and I kid you not, I had planned to buy the, the, the previous week a, a box of ammo for my AR-15. I wake up and it's banned. You say, what do you mean? Well, I, I like the green tip ammo. It's the military surplus ammo. It's good price and it's good ammo. <laughs> Somebody said, preacher, what are you? I ain't hiding nothing. Come on. And I wake up, it's been banned by executive decree. A year ago, the Congress refused to ban, shot that down. And the president says, well, I'm just going to executive order, ban it. The president just decides he's going to do whatever he wants. And, and no one is throwing any interference or flack in front of him. No one's saying, hey, wait a minute. The man should be taken, removed from office physically and put in prison. 
Do you hear what I'm saying? Yes. But it goes on. It moves forward. Why? No one's wailing. No one's mourning. No one's got all the sackcloth and ashes. Verse 4, When Esther's maids and eunuchs came and told her about Mordecai, remember, she's the queen, she was in great distress. She sent clothes for him to put on instead of his sackcloth, but he would not accept them. Mordecai told him everything. Verse 7, let me drop down there a little bit. Talk, talking about the servants of Esther. And he told them everything that had happened, including the exact amount of money Haman had promised to pay into the royal treasury for the destruction of the Jews. I mean, he was even getting the government in Persia to finance the destruction of the Jews. We got a government today, listen to me, come on. That's got a whole black ops budget where they're just buying uh, military vehicles and equipment. They're buying uh, artillery pieces and machine guns and everything else to do what? Giving them to police departments. To do what? Do you need to go apprehend some drug dealers with a freaking armored personnel carrier? I mean, really? I think we ought to have Bradley fighting tanks and go after the drug dealers. You know, that's what we have. No, they're going to be used to clamp down on every citizen in this country. What did the fellow say in Sunday school on the screen? He said, it's a matter of if the Antichrist, if the church is raptured, which I believe is the case soon, the Antichrist has to have everything in place for this stuff to happen. And it will be like, boom, we're raptured. And then he starts building an army and getting armored personnel carriers. What did we read last week about 30,000 guillotine or 90,000 guillotine? Come on now. That has to be in place. Do we see it happening? What are they preparing for? Oh, I know. Does the American public, are they aware of that? Why do you have to have drone flights on American citizens? Well, evidently there will be a resistance. Can I get an amen? Somebody will oppose the New World Order. Somebody will use AR-15 ammo against the New Year. That's why we want to ban it. Do you see where we're going with this? Huh? It's not a game. This is really happening. And they had laid plans to say, we're going to, I'm going to give you all the money you need to kill all these Jews. Because we don't like them. They don't, they don't follow our customs. You know the world? Jesus said, marvel not if the world hates you. Because it what? It hated Him. He said, the servant's not above his master. If the world hated me, they're going to hate you. You know, they don't like you because you believe in a God. Because you pray. Because you try to act right and live right. Just like in Esther's day, they wanted the Jews to bow down and worship their earthly king. And the world today wants you to bow down to Barack Obama and, and worship at the altar of Hussein Obama. Hello? Riding into Jerusalem on a Democrat donkey. Riding into Jerusalem on the 10th of Nisan. Come on, man. Hailed as the Obama Messiah. Jesus said, 
I come in my Father's name, you reject me. Another will come in his own name, and him you'll accept. It's sick what we see going on. The Mordecai, he said, I'm not going to sit back silent. He said, I'm not going to sit back and let this go on. I'm going to make a difference in my world. I'm going to make a difference because, you know, I believe God put me here for a reason. How many times have you heard me say to you, God's placed you here. He's put you here for a reason. And it's true, He has. And we need to look to Him to find out what that purpose is. And we'll, let's read on here. Uh, we see that Mordecai, again, he knew in, in verse 8, he gave them a copy of the text of the edict for their annihilation. Okay, They were posting all over the provinces of Persia letters on the uh, public letters stating that all the people of Persia had the right to take and kill the Jews. Matter of fact, they were commanded to do that. To kill all the Jews. To annihilate them. Okay? And, and look what he says here. To show, he said, I want you to show these letters to Esther and explain it to her. And he told him to urge her to go into the king's presence to beg for mercy and plead with him for her people. That's what Obama, that's what Netanyahu was doing before Congress. He came before the U.S. Congress to plead on behalf of his people. That's all he spoke of was Israel. Israel has a right to exist. Israel has a right to be where she is. Israel's a good nation. We're just like you. We're democracy. These are people bent on our destruction. Would you please help us? And Mordecai was asking Esther to go into the king because Esther didn't even know these laws were passed. She heard her uncle out there and she said, Oh, I'm in here. I'm a Jew. And I'm married to the king and he don't know I'm a Jew. <laughs> Think God was behind that? Hello? And he said, her, her cousin, rather, I keep saying uncle, her cousin said, you need to go in before the king and explain to him what's going on and plead for mercy for the real people. This is a desperate hour. Now you know what? Just like Netanyahu came to the United States and he spoke and humbled himself before our Congress and asked for help, we can't look to man for help. Netanyahu will find out. Man will let him down. Really, Netanyahu needs to go before who? Good Lord. He needs to go before the Lord like his forefathers before him, like David did, like, like Hezekiah did, like some of the other kings of Israel. He needs to go before the Lord and, and, and realize his only hope, his only trust is in God. And you and I as believers, that's our, our help will not come from the east nor from the west, but it will come from the Lord. God will help us. And yet, here was a strategic situation in Israel where God had placed a woman handpicked in the right place at the right time. And I want us to see that. Maybe you're where you are today at the right place at the right time for God to use you. And he asked Esther, he, he, he begged Esther to go before. Verse 13, he sent back, well, let me, let me stop there, and told him to urge to go to the king's presence to beg for mercy and plead with him for her people. So we see there was a public objection and, and a targeted opposition in exposing these evil schemes. And thirdly and lastly, responding with determination. said to Esther bluntly and that's why I'm talking to you today bluntly bluntly sometimes that's what we need we don't need sugar coat 
We don't need beating around the bush. We need to know. I just want people to tell me when I'm talking to somebody, just talk to me straight up. I don't want no hyperbole. I don't want any. I want straight and yes or no. This or that. Don't blow no smoke. And Mordecai didn't play games. Look at verse 14 there. But if you, Esther, remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. Now, I'm going to stop here. Think about that for a minute. He knew God put her there. But he also knew she had free will. Do you know God puts you wherever you're at today in life? But He won't force you to do right. He won't force you to do nothing. Why? You've got free will. Free will. God can put you right exactly where you need to be. <coughs> and if you don't have any spiritual discernment or insight, you can blow the whole thing. You can blow His purpose and plan if you don't realize where you're at and what you're to be doing. Mordecai was reminding Esther, you've been brought to this place you have an opportunity now to lay it on the line. Your entire race is up for annihilation. And you can go before this king and make an effort to stop it. Or he may kill you when he finds out you're a Jew. Can you imagine what went through her mind? He don't know I'm a Jew. And he's put out a decree to kill all the Jews. And i got to go and ask him not to... I don't even have the right to go into his presence. I can only come before the king when he calls me. If I show up in his court and he says, I don't want to see you, they will put me to death just showing up. See, we think kings today are powerful. They're nothing like what they used to be. They could decide if you lived or died on a moment, on a spur of the moment. And Esther understood that. But Mordecai saw the desperate hour. Do we see the desperate hour we're in today? Well, I, I wish he'd hurry up and get done preaching, man. I got the hockey game on at two o'clock. Gotta watch the hockey game. What are you doing? There ain't no hockey game, huh? I mean, see how Satan will do that to people in America. You know, I, I, I'm hungry. We gotta get over the pizza here by one o'clock. Pizza, I'm hungry. Do you realize we're on the cut? The Jews right now. See, it's because because it's the Jews. It's not us. What if we had a, a powerful nation saying we're going to blow the United States up? We're going to take them right off the map. We're going to kill every every American that's on this planet. We're going to kill them all. And you did. They had the power. You did. Would you be worried about the hockey game or the? What are the Jews thinking right now? They're all right. They're alone, man. They ain't nobody. Even their friends, so-called friends, their leaders turned against them completely. And he's made friends with... Did you hear Susan Rice? That's another woman should be locked up and put in prison. Susan Rice saying that Iran is our best friend in the Middle East. Did you hear that? Can we say there's a sickness in our country? at the very top. Iran is bent on the destruction of the United States. 
the destruction. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. Why could Mordecai say that? And be true? And be right? Because he knew God had a plan for the Jews. He knew the Bible. He knew the Scriptures. He was a man of God. Do you know that no one will wipe out the Jews? It's not going to happen. Why? I've read His book. I've read the Word. I know the Word. Doesn't mean they won't try. Matter of fact, my Bible says they will try. When will Persia get her comeuppance? Do you know from the Bible? Ezekiel 38-39, when they attack Israel, who steps up to defend them? The United States of America? My Bible says God does. He destroys their armies on the battlefield. And it takes Israel, listen to this, seven months to bury the dead Persians who are on the battlefield. Seven months! That's how many wicked, nasty, evil people will be destroyed by God for coming against His people. Should it have gotten to that? Does it have to get to that? No, but but it will. Because it's in the hearts of men. You know, there's people on this earth, I'll be frank with you, groups of people and and ideologies that I hate. I don't like. Islam is one of them. Let me just tell you straight up. No, I don't hate people who are Islamic. Did you hear what I just said? That's it. But the ideology, the religion, the belief, I hate it. It comes from hell. There are a lot of things I don't like. But you know what? I don't want to kill anybody. And I won't. Did you hear what I just said? Somebody said, why do you got an AR-15 and want to keep it? Well, because I I believe in protecting my family and my property. I have a right to do that. But I'm not going to go hunt nobody down because they disagree with me. Did you hear what I'm saying? We're not told to do that. You come to steal, hurt my family, you're going to get shot. Oh, preacher Michael. He said that in church. Yeah, I did. I sure did. Jesus said, go sell your coat and your cloak and buy yourself a sword. Hello? I mean, no, nobody quotes that, do they? They will quote that, you know, turn the other cheek. That means personally, if you get disrespected by somebody, just take the disrespect and let them do it again. Let them just disrespect you. It doesn't mean let them go take and steal your your your, your, your stuff out of your home or hurt your family. No, no, you need to take and get a sword and then take care of business. Although Paul said, uh, he that doesn't provide for his own is worse than what? An infidel. Yeah, part of providing for your family is protection, you know. I don't know how I got on that. i got to get off of that. Let me get back to my message here and close this baby up. Come on. Obama did say one thing, right? He said something about they claim to God guns in their Bibles. Is that what he was saying? Hello? And he's right about that. I'm clinging, baby. God, guns, and bullets, Bible, I got it. Come on. Well, if you remain silent... The Jews will, deliverance will arise somewhere. In other words, God, if God can't use you, church, if He can't use you, Mr. and Mrs. Christian, He'll find somebody else to use. But His will is going to be done. 
He's going to use somebody. Hello. Why not you? Why not you? Lord, I want to be a vessel that you can use. Hallelujah. I want to be a vessel that can serve your purpose in this world. Amen. And I want to do your will. I want to stand on your side. You know, I'm going to stand on God's side even if it's not popular. Now, you know, here we are in 2015. I, I, I just couldn't visualize that when I first got saved. It just seems like so long ago. But here we are in 2015. And I'm standing up here. And I wonder across America on this Sunday how many preachers are even saying anything like what I'm saying here today. I could never have visualized that. But yet, that's where we're at. And you know what? If I'm the only one, I'm going to keep preaching until the Lord sucks the air out of my lungs, man. I'm going to keep moving. Because people need to know this is where we're at. We're at a desperate time, church. Things are not going to remain the same throughout the rest of this year. I look for big changes before this month. This month is out. Mordecai goes on to say it. The Jews will arise, but you and your father and your family, your father's family, will perish. God will save the Jewish people, but He's placed you there. And if you don't act, you and your family, you're going to be dead. You're going to go. You're going to be gone. Look what He says here. And who knows but that you have come to a royal position for such a time as this? What a powerful scripture in the Bible. Who knows that you've come to this royal position but for a time such as this? Mordecai was saying, God has placed you where you're at just for this hour, just for this moment, just for this critical juncture in history. Jews worldwide celebrate Purim and have ever since this incident took place. They celebrate that. They're commanded to celebrate. You look over to Chapter 9, verse 20. Mordecai wrote these things, sent letters and all to all the Jews that are in the provinces of the king Ahasuerus, both not near and far, to establish this among them, that they should keep the fourteenth day of the month of Adar and the fifteenth day of the same yearly. It's a decree. And the man came on the eve of Purim in the month of Adar, an appeal for help from the United States Congress and the American people. And even the President. He said, will you do what is right? My people are under an edict of annihilation. They want to kill us. They want to destroy us. Now notice he was very confident. He said, that's not going to happen. We'll do everything we can to make sure that doesn't happen. But you have been brought to a place in history, Congress... President Obama, where you can act on our behalf, on God's behalf, and help us where you do it. That's what Mordecai was asking Esther. God has played. Now she was safe. But he was saying, you're really not safe because the same devil that made that edict will try to kill you as well. And he will kill you. Don't think you're going to escape. That's what he's saying. Just because the Jews are being... Uh, Threatened with annihilation doesn't mean you as a Christian are safe because they're going to come for you next. The Islamic Caliphate hates you. 
as bad as it does the Jews, hates you. And who knows that you have come to this position for a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. I love this reply. And it should be the reply of Christians throughout the world today and throughout the United States. You know, privilege brings responsibility. When God gives us position and possession, there's a responsibility to use those things for His glory and for His purpose. You know, prosperity comes with a purpose. Amen? It's not that you can have three or four cars and several vacations and it's so that you can use a, a lot of the... God's not against any of that, but that you can use your resources to help the kingdom of God. Amen? And, and he's placed, He placed her in the palace to use her influence for God's purpose. And Esther obviously realized that. Somebody say amen. amen. She understood that. And I love the wisdom that this woman possesses. Look what she says in verse 16. Telling, talking, to, replying to Mordecai. She says, Go, gather together all the Jews who are in Susa or Shushan. Fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will fast as you do. We're going to fast along with you. And when this is done, I will go to the king even though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. How many, how many know what intestinal fortitude is? What's another name for that? Guts. She said, I, it's against the law for me to appear before this king. It's not my time to go before him. But she's going to put on her best. But notice this. Fast and pray for me, and I will fast and pray along with you, be in my entourage, and then I'll, I'm going to do everything I can through prayer and supplication. I'll do whatever I can on my end. And if I go in there and perish, so be it. But we know the story, hello? We know the story. And we'll talk more about that next week. We'll get a little bit more into that. Paul talks about having done all in Ephesians. Having done all. Putting on the armor, fighting the good fight. Having done all to stand. You know, that's what we need to be like, church. We see things going on in the United States, the country we live in. We see things going on in the world at large. Are we praying? Are we seeking the Lord? Are we mourning over the condition of what's going on? Are we, looking to, are we doing everything we can? Do can't say amen, say oh me, amen, oh me. Step by step, the author of Esther has given us a case study in how to deal with evil opposition. Remember, we're talking about how how preparing to face evil. From Esther to Mordecai's experience with their preparation to fight the evil edict of Haman. Here are principles we, we can apply to our lives. Number one, God's help is never absent. Amen? Amen. Come on, man. Even in times when it's not apparent, His help is there. I don't know where God is. Things is going to hell in a handbasket. My life is out of control. He's right there with you. Do you really realize that? He's there. He's not left you. He's there. 
Well, the country is just getting ready to go down the tube. God is present. His will will be done. Amen? We need to pray. We need to seek Him. We need to be available. We need to be willing to be used. Amen? And so, are you, are you preaching against the new world? Yeah. What if they come and get you? What am I going to do? I'm not going to stop. Come on. His help is never absent. Secondly, we have a personal responsibility to stand against evil. We have to oppose evil when we encounter it. Hello? Nobody's saying amen on that. We have a personal responsibility. Light must oppose darkness. Well, when I see all that, I'll just be quiet. I won't say nothing. I'll just shrink back and, you know, stand up, my God. Speak the truth. If we see it, we need to own it. If we see it, it's ours. Come on. We must not make excuses. And thirdly, we must not neglect spiritual preparation. We see Esther taking it to the Lord, seeking His face, and looking for His favor and His grace. And my friend, she did obtain that. And had she not taken those steps, I, I don't know what the outcome would have been with Esther. Like Mordecai, God would have raised up someone else. But he, he wanted to use Esther, and He did. She did everything to cooperate with Him. And as believers in Christ, in this present world, facing evil, we need to do all we can to prepare ourselves for that. You see, most of the world, in, in the religious realm, in the church world, many have their head buried deeply in the sand. Out of sight, out of... But you know, that's not God. That's not God. We're, we're the city that's on the hill. Come on now. You know, as times are getting more and more desperate and difficult, we need to be shining even brighter. As things get darker, that light should be more apparent. Shouldn't disappear. In other words, get your head out the sand and get on top of the hill. Let them see it. Speak the truth. Amen. God helps believers prepare to face evil. He helps us. He helped Esther. And we're in a time that the days are evil. We're told to redeem the time in the New Testament because the days are evil. But God has a plan. And He's going to bring about His Son to rule over this planet. And before the darkness comes completely over the earth, He's coming back for His bride. Those days are just up ahead, my friend. We need to be looking to Him. We need to be ready. Amen? Let's stand this morning. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make Him an offer He can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.